everyone, and welcome to The Right Perspective. Today, we're going to recap and review the Bad Boys movie franchise. These three buddy cop action comedy movies star Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. The first film, Bad Boys, came out in 1995, had a budget of $19 million and grossed what? $141.4 million. Oh, wow. Bad Boys 2, which came out in 2003, had a budget of $130 million and a box office of $273 million. Bad Boys for Life, which came out in 2022, had a budget of $90 million and a box office of, wait for it, $426 million. For some, these numbers alone would be enough to consider this movie franchise a classic. But today, we will determine whether it is a classic from the right perspective. We'll do a recap, discuss the movie, and then we'll take a vote using a voting symbol picked especially for this discussion. But we got to start with intros. Kick us off, bro. Hi, I'm Aubrey Wright. I'm the oldest. I'm Janiya Wright. I'm the middle. Hi, I'm Brittany Wright, and I am the youngest. And y'all, listen, we're just going to own a truth here. We had not intended to do a Will Smith movie right now, okay? Mm. You know, we eventually would have made our way to Bad Boys because this is a movie we, like, these these are movies we talk about. But, yeah, we're trying to ride the wave, okay? Okay, we want to get some clicks. You want to get some hits because of all the current controversy. (laughs) So just owning our truth. The shenanigans. (laughs) Owning our truth. Listen, <laughs> y'all, let's pick a um, let's pick a voting symbol. And I got to tell y'all, um, I think that I have picked a voting symbol that the two of you will truly actually love and appreciate. Well, let, well let's hear it. This is let's it. Hear. This is this is the this is this you is have, you, have, you have several or just the one. Just one. Just All one. Right. Because this one. We're going to be in immediate alignment. I feel really, I feel pretty, pretty sure about that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So my recommended voting symbol is. Julie's left shoe from the first movie. (laughs) It is a bulletproof vest. Why? Well, a bulletproof vest to me, it's like the perfect symbol of um, protection and also endurance, you know? And I think those are also two words that we'd use to describe the relationship between the two main characters, Mike and Marcus, right? They are constantly having each other's back and this relationship has stood the test of time. They have been friends since they were children, just their entire lives. And the other thing, in addition to bulletproof vests being built to last, okay? The technology itself has had to evolve, okay? Because as the larger technology involves in terms of the dangers that are present for people who work in law enforcement, the bulletproof vest must evolve to be able to protect them as these new dangers, you know, become available. And to me, that is just like a good relationship of any sort. In order for it to sustain, it must evolve. That is the hard part. You know, but that's that's the work. That's the work that enables a lasting relationship to be successful. And so I propose a bulletproof vest. And also the bulletproof vest protects the heart and a good relationship will protect the heart. 
Okay. Well, I, I think the bulletproof vest is a fantastic idea, obviously for none of the reasons that you listed, but I think the <laughs> bulletproof vest is awesome because every time they go into the main scene, they usually put on a bulletproof vest. <laughs> See, you know, I knew you would do that, bro. I did. I knew that was coming. So I hope you're registering the lack of surprise on my face. Okay. <laughs> Did y'all come up with any other ones? I know one of y'all is going to say gun. Oh yeah, absolutely. I have three that I just came up with in my head as we were sitting here. <laughs> gun, <laughs> guns, drugs, and explosions. Yeah, because I, I thought of guns, but we've used the gun before we have. a few times. I, I once or twice, I think. But they and abound in this movie. They abound. <laughs> they do abound, but, but... They're in trunks. Like, they're in pants. They're in skirts. They're everywhere. I, they're in purses. Um, they, they there are. are lots of guns. Big there ones, little ones. ones. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they're everywhere. Cabinets. It's in there. They're everywhere. A gun, a, gun, a gun is not a bad choice. But I'm just saying, for this situation, I... They're underground, on top of the ground. (laughs) (laughs) Uzis, bazookas. (laughs) Well, I get what you're saying, bro. We've used it. I understand. So There's even (laughs) guns on the front of the cover. All right. So for for those tuning in via audio, Brittany has is are those both VHSs? Yes, yes, they are. Mm-hmm. Brittany has a VHS, a Bad Boys 2 and Bad Boys. Now you probably can't even find Bad Boys for Life on VHS. But Brittany has the first two on VHS. I, I, I think hope. you can go ahead and take I think you can take that probably out of it, actually. <laughs> Yeah, you definitely can. And my favorite movie and my favorite scene out of the is out of the second movie. And when they talk about, you know, we ride together, we die together, bad boys for life. They got the they have on the the police bulletproof vest. So mm, you're so I, I think that's it, bro. I think you just clenched it for us. <laughs> Y'all are voting symbol, bulletproof vest. And in order for this franchise, and we're not doing the individual movies, right? We're doing the whole franchise together. As a the whole franchise would have to receive three bulletproof, bu- bulletproof vests. If it has zero, one, or two, it will not be considered a classic. It needs three bulletproof vests in order to be considered a classic from the right perspective. If you're new to our podcast, we do a spoiler-filled recap. And that's because a lot of our content is very old and people haven't seen it a while in a, in a while and they need a refresher. And sometimes people haven't haven't taken in the content at all, but they want to enjoy the podcast. So we do a spoiler-filled recap right up top. Let's hop in. The Bad Boys movie franchise centers around two lifelong friends that have become Miami narcotics police detectives, Marcus Burnett, played by Martin Lawrence, and Mike Lowry, played by Will Smith. 
We don't know how young they were when they settled on becoming cops, but we do know that they have called themselves the bad boys for a very long time. We actually see a high school yearbook at some point with their motto inscribed. We ride together, we die together, bad boys for life. Marcus is married with two kids, and for the entire franchise, we watch him trying to balance the push and pull of trying to prioritize his family and his core values while doing detective work that is very time-consuming and violent. Yes, Mike is <laughs> Mike is very different. He dates lots of women very casually. He's a very flashy dresser. He loves expensive, fast cars. He comes from money. So his relationship to work in general is just very different from Marcus's. He can be very reckless when he's going about his police work. Not, not reckless in like a dumbass kind of way, but, but reckless in a do whatever it takes to get the guy kind of way. And these differences in perspective mean that they bump heads a lot. But just like in every buddy cop film or show, that push and pull is also a core reason for their success as a team. It is also the reason their supervisor, Captain Conrad Howard, played by Joe Pantoliano, is always on the brink of a stroke. Okay. <laughs> he loves Marcus and Mike because they are good people and they get results. Okay. But they create so much mayhem. Captain Howard is always taking the flack and being investigated by internal affairs. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of mayhem? Well, great question. The answer is all kinds of mayhem. You know, just think of a kind of mayhem. Yes. That kind, okay? <laughs> Mike and Marcus are causing every kind of mayhem. We are talking shootouts, car chases, motorcycle chases, chases by foot, minor explosions, major explosions, and of course, car crashes, helicopters careening into buildings, boats being shot up on the water. You get the gist, okay? Another core part of their methodology, in addition to utilization of mayhem, they use a lot of CIs. Those are criminal informants, okay? These are people that have previously been suspected of or convicted of crimes that have insight into the Miami crime universe, okay? In the first movie, Bad Boys, you know, they are working to track down $100 million of heroin, which was stolen from a secure police vault. The case becomes super duper personal when one of the CIs, a comfort woman named Max... <laughs> <laughs> That's a shout out to a prior to a prior podcast. Come where Arby me. couldn't Arby couldn't think of the word prostitute. <laughs> he said he said comfort woman. A comfort Which woman. Which one was that? Um, it was um, Bruce the Bruce Lee movie. <laughs> Do you remember, bro? We were doing the oh, Bruce Lee yeah. movie, and you were like trying to describe the women who were. <laughs> <laughs> who were enslaved by the bad guy? <laughs> you called them up for women. <laughs> oh, I don't. I don't. That wasn't. That wasn't uh, me forgetting. That was me trying to find a uh, PC way to say what they were. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Also, well, also, also, they're not prostitutes. So they don't get paid. Oh, there you go. They, they, provi they provide Ayo. comfort for the. They provide comfort for the patrons. Okay. Well, the, well the, you know what? The, then this particular CI is not a comfort woman. Okay? No, 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 no. Because she's a working girl. She calls herself a working she's girl. A, um, what would they, yeah, she's a call girl. Yes. High class. Yes. Yes. And her, her name is Max. 
And, um, you know, she happens to be a very... No, there's another word. What, what, escort. She's an escort. Yes. Yes. Is it that? Yes. That's the word. Right? Yeah. yeah. What's the word? How dare, yeah. I, how dare yeah. I call her a comfort if woman? That's what it was the last time I put an application in. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, Back then. <laughs> oh, Lord. Those were the days. Those mm. were the days. So the case becomes super duper personal when one of the CIs, a an escort named Max, that also happens to be a very dear friend of Will's, is killed while looking into this case on his behalf. And then the case becomes even more complicated because there's an internal leak in the police force, feeding the bad guys with information. And then a key witness in the crime, played by Taylor Leone, keeps making things worse, okay? And- So much worse. So much worse, all right? (laughs) Also, the clock is ticking big time because they only have 72 hours before the FBI and the DEA get involved and make the police look completely incompetent for the theft having taken place in the first place. In the second movie, Bad Boys 2, it's eight years later, and Mike and Marcus are investigating the flow of the drug ecstasy into Miami. And once again, the case becomes super duper personal when Marcus's sister, Sid, played by Gabrielle Union, a DEA agent from New York that has also been secretly canoodling with Mike, by the way, goes undercover. Canoodle long, girlfriend. (laughs) She goes undercover (laughs) with the drug dealers and then she gets made. That's Coplingo for being outed as a cop. Okay. And then the case becomes even more complicated because there's a war happening within the drug dealer world between a Cuban drug lord and the Russian mob. And once again, the clock is beginning, the, the, and once again, the clock is ticking big time because the Cuban drug lord has threatened to kill Sid in 48 hours. Okay. In the third movie, Bad Boys for Life, Will and Marcus have been partners for years at this point, for 25 years. Okay. And they've been cops even longer than that. And the widow of a drug cartel kingpin, Isabel Eritas, played by Kate. De Castillo breaks out of prison and has deployed her son, Armando, played by Jackio Scipio. I'm sure I'm pronouncing his first name wrong. Jackio Scipio. She has deployed her son, Armando, to kill everyone associated with her late husband's legal prosecution and death, including who? Mike Lowry. And once again, the case becomes super duper personal when the cop heading the investigation has a romantic history with Will, okay? And she also comes from a new school police approach that uses more humane tactics like rubber bullets, very different from the bad boys approach to things. And the case becomes even more complicated because it just, as it turns out, Mike and Isabel had fallen in love while he was undercover investigating the cartel. And wait for it, Armando turns out to be Mike Lowry's son. What? Also, the (laughs) clock is ticking big time because everyone else on Isabel's hit list has been killed by Armando. Mike is the last one standing. In all three movies, through a series of mayhem-filled tactics, 
they get the bad guys. And they even manage to be witty along the way, saying things like, put the gun down and give me a pack of tropical fruit bubblicious. And also mumbling through the lyrics of the song it's, Bad Boys in a really, comedic way. Bad boys, really bad boys. What you gonna do? What you By gonna the end do of the when third they come mo- for you? <laughs> they don't know it. They don't know they don't it at all. It's no words. <laughs> By the end of the third movie, Marcus, who had along the way contemplated switching partners and even retired for a bit, he's back on the force. And Mike, who never wavered in his commitment to being a police officer for life, seems to now also be open open to rounding out the other parts of his life, okay? Also, Mike's son, okay, Armando, um, who, of course, is incarcerated for his many bad deeds, you know, murders, drug deals. Uh, Mike (laughs) ends up giving Armando a cryptic proposition at the very, very end of the movie that kind of says that Armando has some other ways that he can start to pay for his crimes. Question, is there a new bad boy joining the team in some way? We would need a baby, we would need a, we would need a bad boy four to find out. Clearly, that's where they left us hanging. The end. <laughs> Excellent. I want to start off by saying I love Will Smith and I am biased towards this movie. Anything he does in the movies, I love them. I just want everyone to know that immediately. What about Bagger Vance? I own it. But do you love it? I love it. What about Wild Wild West? I don't own it, but I love it. All right. I just wanted to give the, I knew the answers to those questions. I just wanted to give the audience a sense of what we're dealing with here. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I own Hancock. I own Hitch. I, I like seven Hancock. Pounds. It's really just, it's really Wild Wild West and, and Bagger Vance. Those are the two where, I, you know, I think can really illustrate for people your passion <laughs> and your commitment. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> your 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 um your uh bulletproof vest, if you will, yeah. <laughs> yeah. related to Will Smith. Yeah. So y'all, how do we want to talk about them? Do we want to talk about one movie at a time, or should we just talk and talk? You know, the whole franchise, bro. I know you're also very passionate, at least about the first one, if I recall correctly. How and do y'all want to manage the conversation? We can start with the first one and just, I, I mean, I, I think, I, I think, I th- but I think if it flows to, you know, yeah, another one, we, box it. we could just play, yeah, we could just play some jazz, you know, we could just play some jazz, but, but I, but yeah, I, I definitely, uh, I was interested to see, um, because wherever you fall on, whatever's going on, I was curious to see if it would color how how I felt when I was watching these. Um, And it didn't, you know, it didn't. Like the, the, the first movie I still, you know, like I know a lot of times we start talking about like the music and the feel and everything. And like, I just feel like that movie instantly transports you to that time of life, you know, just based on 
the, just just the whole feel of it is like it just sucks you into it yeah. right from the start. You know what I'm saying? Like for, and it shows their, their chemistry right from the start. Oh man, their chemistry, bro. I'm so happy you raised that. I mean, Will Smith and Martin Lawrence, when it comes down to, even if you kind of, um, if you're not even evaluating the the dialogue itself, okay, take away the, the specific dialogue and you just take these two guys, they have such a natural rapport. They feel as if they have been friends for 30 years. Okay, or you know, 50 years. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. um they have a natural, a very, very natural comedic rhythm together. And so even in the most tense times in the movies, you're still getting their very fun rapport. And I think that mm-hmm. that is true from the very first minute of the first movie through the end of the third movie, their great rapport and their wonderful kind of comedic bounce back off of each other. And apparently a lot of their dialogue in all the movies was, was imp- improvised. So I think that's wow. why it feels so organic because a lot of it is. That's awesome. It was nice watching all three movies at once to see just their progression in, in age, but still, you know, looking up to, to par and ready for the roles. But I did appreciate being able to just see that time, that kind of time happen um, between them. I will tell you in Bad Boys in the first one, um, it was Tay Leone's character. She got on my last nerve as she has every time I've watched that movie. And (laughs) I just want you to follow directions. And I understand it's a very just like real super critical situation. You're traumatized right now. You probably need therapy. You know, there's many things going on. But I just really need for you to listen just a smidgen of a moment. But even in her not listening, it still was good and made me laugh. And I just love the little parts of just like her having these two dogs. Like, who came up with this? With these two <laughs> dogs, <laughs> they're putting all in my apartment. Like, it makes it's, sense. <laughs> it makes it makes sense in the in the um, plot of the movie because she does work your nerves, but they Completely. do it just enough. It doesn't it doesn't go over. But the whole point is. And she's supposed to be an airhead. If you, you know, she was staying with Max. Like, like she's not the person who obviously makes the best decisions. And so, yeah. you know, it's as frustrating as she is, at least it made sense within the context, okay. you know what I'm saying, of, of the movie. I agree Would with you, that. Like, well, I guess this is more a question for Janiyah, because, you know, Aubrey, I don't know if you have any comfort friends. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just thinking and either do us, but just as a like, would you have gone with your girlfriend if she was just like, listen, I have a job, let's go. Is that the Biltmore? Come go with me. Like, would you have gone with her? Because I was I was watching you like, I would be like, girl. <laughs> I'm a photographer. You're into some things I'm not into. I don't think I'll be there. Like I just you know don't what? know. Do you know what? It's I it's love so, your freedom. Be free, girl. Not with me. You know, they <laughs> don't, don't know. they don't say it explicitly. You just 
you feel like the 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 Taya Leone's character knew her friend was a was a escort you feel like she knew and so because of that you feel like she had been let in on the life enough that she could make a good judgment call about whether she would feel safe yeah. You know, right. and so it really and it goes back to what what y'all were both saying earlier. Like she's not a comfort woman; she is she is an a, a, she's an escort, escort. and so she could <laughs> really just get paid for being somewhere and looking beautiful. Exactly. And so I could see going along with a friend that has dozens of times, or maybe hundreds of times, you know, just gone to a party, walked around looking cute, and got paid. Listen. Is that, and I just want to, when you said beautiful, I just want to be very clear. Every woman that had lines in any of these movies was gorgeous. Yep. With these beautiful, natural bodies. And I was just like, and this is no shade to anyone that doesn't have it, but I was just looking like, man, this is like, we don't, where is this? Like this, it feels like this celebration of just what, your body looks like or you're working on it and so you're maintaining it in a nice way like I just feel like this is disappeared almost to where we want something that's manufactured even the women that were dancing in the club and bad boys too I was like these panties are fitting on you perfectly you look amazing and so I was just but I was just so happy I was like when did we transition as a culture to where this is not like Mm. what I'm trying to get to, you know, when I'm looking or trying to be, you know, healthier or what have you. I just, I really just appreciated that part of the, uh, of the movie. And even Gabrielle Union, like I noticed she didn't have a ton of makeup on. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, come through natural beauty. I just didn't notice all this Marcus's wife. I didn't. Teresa Randall play. Her name was um, the the actress is Teresa Burnett. I'm sorry. The actress is Teresa Randall. Okay. And the character is Teresa Burnett. So the character had the same name, her name, but Teresa Randall, beautiful. Beautiful. Like I was just like, man, all of them, they're every woman. I was like, their skin just, I was like, yeah, they did a a great, even Taylor Leona, like just looking at them. Mm-hmm. And it makes me just think of Max and her character and how she's an escort and be her being an escort. She didn't come there with some short, mini tight. Ju- she came there, looked like something she could have wore to church and, and, and then went to this event. So I was just thinking about just how, man, this movie came out in the 90s and where we are now in 2022. I was just like, yeah, this she wouldn't have had that dress on. You know, mm-hmm. it would have been something very different. Um, and that actress, character. her name is Karen Alexander, played yes. Max Logan. Okay. Gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah, totally beautiful. Totally beautiful. And I think that's, a um, you know, sis, just on this note about the casting, you know, um, I appreciate what you're saying so much about the women just looking and being real women. You know, because sometimes in these kinds of movies that are just so made for um, they're 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 just this genre of like 
cars racing, <laughs> explosions everywhere. There also comes with guns like, abounding. There's a, there's a certain <laughs> type of woman that you see nowadays. And so I just, I really appreciate what you're saying. I would also just say in general, when you were looking across the police force, you know, when they had dozens of police officers in any given scene, even when they were portraying a neighborhood, there was such a great sense of like diversity and balance and just yeah. real looking people, real looking community, real looking police force, you know, yeah. and I just, I, it's worth calling out because he did such yeah. a good job with that it did, it in did, all did, three did. movies. Yeah, I agree. And bro, I want to hear your thoughts about the action. And um, because there were some things about this movie from an action standpoint that seemed to me, and again, I I am not as much of an action movie aficionado as you at all, but there were some things that to me seemed unique to the Bad Boys franchise. But I wanted to get your perspective on on kind of like their action and the way it was uh, filmed. Well, first of all, first of all, they used a lot. They used mostly practical um stunts which you could tell the difference between a whole bunch of cgi and like somebody actually being in a car wrecking you know what i'm saying like you could tell you could tell the difference and it's just this was a time in movies where and you know i say probably often when we talk about these movies but like it was just all about just hitting those dopamine receptors for two hours straight. And that's all it was about. It's just about having fun and just, I'm saying the action is what made these movies just amazing. The drive, you know, the driving scenes and the buildup to, uh, uh, the buildup to all of the, the main scenes and, I'm going to tell you, when they went for it, they just went for it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just because, like, at the end of the first one, you know, when you, I mean, you just got them fighting in this uh, uh, air hanger, and there's just explosions and just, you know, and, like, in, in the first two, especially all the explosions at least made sense. It's like, if you shoot something, it's something that you can conceive blowing up. You know, like, uh, a barrel of ether or something yes, like that, yes. you know, like, 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 it made, it made, even though it was all over the top, it at least made sense, you know what I'm saying? Yes. And um, so, yeah, just it just definitely the practical effects made this, though, these movies, it was just something that felt different from them right from the beginning. And also, just the way they did it, you know what I mean? The way they did it. It was just a time where it was like, nah, yo, this is just about straight up shooting and you know what I mean? Like they just leaned into it in the right way. So yeah, yeah. it was definitely my favorite part. I uh, there, there was certain... Go ahead, Tiff. I was just gonna say add to this, I had to tell myself you're watching a movie because I was kind of chuckling to myself, like everyone should be dead. All <laughs> deaths everywhere. There should be eight million funerals right now. Like Everywhere you go, everyone in Cuba is dead. Everyone in Miami is dead. <laughs> Everybody is dead. Because I was just like, "What?" And you know what I love. You know what I love. You know what I love about movies like this back then. Even though that was ridiculous, yeah. right? 
they always even address it. Like, they'll just give you a little throwaway line. Like, I mean, there's two cops in the ICU. Right. And I'm like, yeah. With their, head, with their heads chopped off. Yeah. Yes, they're in the ICU. <laughs> hanging on by a thread. They're, none of their limbs are still intact. What? Yeah. I'm just like, they are They dead. were in yeah. ICU, yeah. and now they're dead. They're in the yeah. ground. I was just like, but it made me laugh because I was like, yeah, this is what makes movies fun, is that you yes. can just be like, I don't have to think about the fact that this just cost the city and the police department millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. And my head's like, I don't, I don't have to think about that right now. And um, until until the captain comes on and tells them. That's what because I'm saying. That, like, they, that they captain still was so stressed. <laughs> oh my God. Man, and, like, and then the second one, he nailed it. Yeah. That role. He killed yeah. it. Listen, we, that he, role of the of the frustrated captain who's trying to champion his team, but he just oh he just can't handle it. So frustrating. <laughs> the pressure of it all. <laughs> and, ba- and bad boys when he was in that scene in the gym, you be him, but you be you, but not in front of her. Yeah, not around her. You be him, you be you, but. Not oh, he tried to shoot the ball and he wasn't getting it in. He was like, I was just, I was making them. I was making them before you came in here. You weren't. You weren't making them even when they weren't in there. I was just like, he is so good at this. I was like, he genuinely made me laugh out loud when he was talking. You're, yeah, he, he was a fresh take. Much. Yeah, he was a fresh favorite. take on that character that we've seen so many times. I think that frustrated captain. We've seen it in television shows. We've seen it in movies. But somehow this particular portrayal to me, um, if it did feel fresh, you know, and um, that's Joe Pantoliano playing Captain Conrad Howard. And you know what you all on we were t- when we were talking about the action, there was something I wanted to say. I, I almost forgot. Um, and it was on the the very they did some very creative ways of shooting the action. For example, there were a couple of times where we actually went into the barrel of the gun, for example, before the bullet was going to come out. Or we would actually look right into the eyes, close up shot on the eyes of the bad guy right before he gets killed. Um, And there were some shots where it seemed the cameras were doing a 360 yeah. Around that's the, the Michael, action, that's, 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 the, that's the Michael Bay stuff. Yeah. Michael Bay, you know. That's, now, that's did you his... know that the first that Bad Boys was his first feature film? Michael Bay's first feature film. I did not know that. I knew that it was. I knew that it was the. In my mind, I would have said it was the one that kind of put, put him, him on the back. But but I didn't. I wouldn't have said it was. It was the first. Mm-hmm. Did a great job. It was almost. It seems like give me. I'll take. Put me in the game, coach. I'm ready, coach. Put me in. The game. <laughs> oh. like, he did a great I, 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 job. I mean, I mean the 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 climax of the first movie when they are racing. <laughs> they're in that Porsche, and he's like. He's like, this is a faster car. This car is faster than that car. You better win. That's like, I'm just telling you, it gets me every time because <laughs> he just knows how to build that tension. You know what I mean? It's like, I'll be telling myself, like, you know exactly what's about to happen. What's going to happen? 
just taps into the, the way he shoots some scenes. He just builds it so perfectly yeah. that you're on your edge of your seat even when you know what's going to happen, man. Like, I feel like right. you're talking about a good space to really just tell a, a story that I've heard from you before, bro, about Janaya and when you all went to see Bad Boys. Yeah, so Janelle, are you still are you still are you still affected by the 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 Mike Lowry uh running team? Yeah. <laughs> when he is running with his shirt open in the black shirt, when he's again, I have to dispense reality because I was like, no one is this fast. You're chasing a car on your <laughs> first of all, first of all, first of all, I don't remember being super affected. Um in this time, no, I, I wasn't. I wasn't. I actually had a. I had a yes, moment. Wait, 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 wait. Before we move on, yes, he is that fast. Okay, let's. You're right. Move on. <laughs> My bad. I was hating. I was the hating. problem is yeah, you're hating. associating Mike Lowry with regular people. Um, he is not. Um, he appears like he's Mike Lowry. He's Mike. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Lowry. Okay, my bad. That was a funny scene. That was a funny scene too. Where he was like, "You don't sound like him. You don't sound like him." That sounds sexy. That sounds sexy. <laughs> and you know what? It's so funny because my, I did not no. find. <laughs> I did not find Will Smith to be especially sexy in these movies. I. I it was more like I was accepting that his character was sexy in the movie you yeah. know what i mean it was more uh-uh. like oh he has that charisma and that appeal aubrey but- no we're not listening to her right now because i need you to tell the story of what she did in that movie theater i need the whole podcast land i don't remember i do remember i do remember you being super right back then that's the one part i do okay remember. i'll tell you <laughs> I don't remember nothing. I don't remember. What nothing. I remember, you all told me that you were in a movie theater with Janiah, and that scene came when he was running, and Janiah said out loud, movie theater, Will Smith, run to me. <laughs> What's God, that doesn't even sound right. Me yeah. talking yeah, that, in the movie. That, that's what I was going to say. That would be completely out of character. I'm not saying it did happen. It happened. It happened. I've heard you tell that story several times. (laughs) No, 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 no. I want to believe you. I want to believe you. It doesn't sound like me. I mean, and let it be. Have me talking in the movie, and 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 don't. And don't. We're not going to act like we weren't people who have gotten uh, kicked out of movie theaters before when we were younger. When we all went in a giant group. I do remember um, that. Thank I you remember. So I remember one time being the theater before. <laughs> I don't know if I was a part of it though. Yeah, I, think I do. Were. I do remember being in high school and being with a group on like a quadruple date or a quintuple date or something. <laughs> we're just a whole big group of people. <laughs> like, and I do remember being kicked out of movie theaters in Monroeville, Pennsylvania, because yeah. we were so loud but I that movie theater guess what you're not there no more you have buffalo wild wings in the sheets <laughs> you got the wrong people yeah that, 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 that karma come full circle that karma full come circle. full circle <laughs> but you know it's so funny though that this topic of like sex appeal you know i found uh, Martin Lawrence and Will Smith to be like equivalent in terms of their attractiveness 
in this movie, even mm-hmm. though they were, you know, clearly Will Smith was the sex symbol. You know, he was the one when, when he was running with his shirt open, you know, um, Martin had a T-shirt on underneath his button down, you know, <laughs> Uh, and, and even just, but again, even the character was like always getting dressed up for even just the, the random most day. And they commented (laughs) on that. We do learn, um, in the third movie that the persona that Will Smith has this kind of slick dressing being into cars, that that was a result of his relationship with that cartel wife very early on in his career it was his very first um undercover assignment to be embedded in this cartel where he falls in love with the wife of the cartel leader they're having this love affair on the side and she is nurturing him into what she finds attractive and it is like this bravado and this flash and so that is the personality that he's held on to and they acknowledge that in the third movie that she made him she she made the mike lowry quote unquote that 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 he he has lived into uh the, you know his entire adult life it's, it's, it's interesting like i definitely saw the third movie but i think like the trauma of it being so bad it just deleted out of my mind and like i couldn't even remember the <laughs> plot at all and when he and that was one of the moments that just infuriated me just beyond belief like with with that whole little backstory of she taught Mike Lowry like I just why did it it infuriate you why did it infuriate you I thought it was so creative like because um you know, just one of the unfortunate parts of this movie is how Marcus is emasculated by his wife throughout the entire trilogy. And the only time she's supportive is when stuff goes completely haywire. And until then, you know, she talks down to him. She doesn't, you know. And when did she talk down it. to him? That's all I'm about to say. She didn't emasculate him at all. The only time I heard her say something crazy was when she thought he was cheating because he was supposed to be out of town. Yeah, because he had lied. I mean, the the very first time we meet her, she is, um, he's basically, he he wants to have sex in the morning. And she's like, I got to get the day started now. The kids are running in the room. And she was like, you know, we just don't go to bed at the same times anymore because you're you're out late. And um. And other than that, we see her really, um, I felt like she was being very supportive of him as he was having all of these, you know, like he was in a crisis of conscience over and over and over again. And I felt like she was supportive of that. Um, You know, I can't think of any time where she said, I hate the fact that you're a cop. You know, it was more just like, come home at night. Through throughout the entire movie, she married a cop, and he's a narcotics detective. And, and not only that, she is always complaining that he's not home when he's in the middle of a this serious murder case that has um, implications in this huge drug case. She's on the phone, not saying like 
you know, handle what you got to handle. I'm here. But is that emasculating though? Yes, it is. Because Hmm. what she should say is, I got you. Don't worry, handle what you got. that's the only way? Handle what you... Well, I'm just saying, for the, the, you can tell throughout the movies, you can see Marcus's broken spirit. You can see how the second one... Yes, absolutely. It's, It's just the... Thousands of little. It's so interesting, micro, bro. Mi- micro, and then at the end, like, Hi. like, well, see, first of all, first of all, he shouldn't even have to get into all that. He's a good dude. He's a good dude. So she should know he's a good dude. If she doesn't, she shouldn't have married him. But running up and talking about Marcus is cheating. I mean, come on, this is bro, so he ridiculous. Said he was and in this- Cleveland and then showed up on the news in town. That's right, because he has to navigate with a woman he knows he can't just, what he should have been able to say was, listen, I have something I got to handle. And she'd be like, all right, I know you got it. I'll, I'll be here. Be safe. You know what I'm saying? He could have just. Bro, did what how, he had how, to does do. that, how does that, uh, I understand that, that you wish that she would not push back on his decisions. But how does pushing back on his decisions equate to emasculation? That's well, what I'm trying think, to figure you know, out. It's 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 it's, what, it's because the thousands of little um, times where you can hear how he talks. He's don't tell Teresa. Don't tell you know he's he's scared of her. Like this, it's a trope throughout. I'm not, I don't even believe this is controversial. But the, the point I'm trying to get to is the reason why the reason why that scene made me so is because like. Which All scene, right, you bro? got the scene that we're talking about where where they um in the third one where we find out that apparently she constructed his whole um personality is because it was like, okay, all right, Marcus is the emasculated one, even though he's still the truth. And he's still like when it comes down to it, he's gonna be able to do whatever he gotta do because I mean he's a real man. He's just you know, in a situation where he's, um, I, I think Joe Rogan explained it the best. He's like, I'm married with daughters. And he's like, I feel like my manhood is like a big pile of marbles. And every day they take away just two of them. <laughs> and, and that's, and that is something like you see with Marcus. But Mike is supposed to be it's such Mike a, To me, it's such an unfortunate perspective. It's so unfortunate. I mean, I, 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 oh God, I don't know. It's just, I just, I am so surprised to hear you struggle in this particular way with the dynamic between Teresa and Marcus. It, the only thing we knew is that they weren't having sex because they weren't going to bed at the same time. That was it. I mean, th- but there was nothing in mass. Like, I don't know. It wasn't like she was saying, you a dumb, dumb, you a punk. I'm emasculating you. You're not a man. You're a wimp. Like, like I like when I, what is emasculation? I don't think of when I think of, when I think of, when I think of emasculation, I think it is an attack on manhood. I don't think it is a disagreement with choices. 
disagreement well, I, I, and, and I mean, someone I, I pushing did... back and disagreeing can't automatically make a man threatened if so then we're really in trouble that makes that makes manhood so fragile if any pushback on it threatens it and takes its marbles well, I mean, away it's, it's 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 not i mean it's not a problem for you know men who that's not going to happen to but what i'm saying is is that just like this just like the second one in the second movie he's having problems with you know after he got shot he's having problems with his erectile situation his erectile you know dysfunction she's gonna bring that up in front of people like that is insane doesn't matter doesn't matter and so so yeah i i realized that for you know like it's it's not something I'm just saying the reason why that was the point I'm trying to make is, is that I always was able to get past how she was to him um, because it was like, you know, it was kind of funny. And, and then Mike represented uh, a self-made man. And then he's but he third- absolutely wasn't even self-made. He is literally a trust fund baby. So that wasn't even his money. I mean, self-made, self-made. Has- Self-made in his world, and, and so of, of, yeah. of, of his style, and I'm and how just, does how does a, how does someone? Um, so I guess if it was a man that had influenced his style, it wouldn't be as much of a a ding for you. But it's because it was a oh, no, woman. For me, that would always that would also be a ding. Yes, that would also be a ding for me. Yes, I think that hmm. the part for me that I'm struggling with, which is everything you said but the main part is just that someone came along and just help him part of his is just part of his journey that's what he said he said she created mike lowry the persona that's what he was talking about the way he carries himself in his clothes so 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 what i'm saying what he was saying is he he, what he was acknowledging was that yeah i'm flashy like a gangster and it's because the woman i fell in love with liked the gangster yeah she liked the gangster and that's how i came into my own well what i'm saying is is that um the mike lowry from that the Mike Larry that was created in Bad Boys One and Two, to me, wouldn't be talking about he was created by anybody. And so I'm just saying that was one of the things in the third movie. I was just like, and it wasn't even necessary. It was it wasn't even a necessary part of it, it was almost undercutting who he was throughout like he's his whole thing is I do what I want. I, I dress you, like I, I want. I am just wow. so happy that everyone on the planet is just born and there's no one to influence them. <laughs> that we're all just pretty much, we come here and that's it. Because that's all I'm thinking is like, he was in this cartel and he had to move like someone would in his position because she was he was her driver. And I'm just thinking that, okay, I have to lean into this. And I think about any times, there's there's absolutely no way that any of us at any point in time in our lives 
can't say that something didn't come in and influence what we do, whether it is your style, that. whether it is your, and so I just use that to say. Do you go somewhere and say, say that somebody created Britney right? But he, she, but, but what he that? was specifically talking about, you, it, it, using the context of that moment, he was talking about his flashiness and bravado. His, his it wasn't everything about him. Like he was he saying is. his style. He was just saying like his his suits, his car. That's what like, he, was, he was being very specific I, I about. Just that. Thought that he was talking about his his, his look. Mat- his material things, but yeah, he, the essence of him, who he is as a person, I didn't gather that piece of it at all. Like I was just thinking, created the persona, like as if you went to a stylist and said, "I want to look like this," and this person was like, "All right," and understand that that type of look. You didn't say, say she created my style because if you can't say that someone influenced some piece of you and you were with them for years without you. But that's, but this is, that is the essence of what he was conveying. Even if he didn't use the word creating, he wasn't saying that, oh my God, if, if it was not for her, I would be no one. It was, he was just saying like, in, in, in my, in my opinion that you are, that she was a part of why I dress. He says that like, why I dress so nice and I'm, I'm putting in these different things. Like he's not saying like, oh Lord, if I wasn't her, I'd be just on the side of the road. Like it just, it wasn't, I didn't gather that at all. Like and I, I will just for for me, I it's so funny, bro, that that getting that explanation into his life took away from his character for for you. Yeah. In my mind, it was one of those things where it's like we had been given throughout since the since the very first movie we have been getting a um a look into the marcus characters like thinking about things he was having moments of um you know having a level of self-awareness and trying to grapple with why he is making the decisions he does which is something that we all do um you know that it's just it's a part of the adult journey to start to Think about why you do the things you do. And I was so happy in the third movie when we got to get a little bit of understanding that market, that um, um, Mike, Mike Lowry had been living in heartbreak and that a heartbreak early on in his dating life had had really um, made it hard for him to move into depth of connection later on, because that is actually something I have seen. I know people, men and women, who had de- deep relationship early, early on, meaning like in their 20s, heartbreak, and then that influences their it's connections the going on. And because it goes the other way too. You know, people who had a really positive experience early on. And then, I mean, just as Brittany were saying, we're all the, we're all the, we're living in the consequences of every single thing that's happened in our lives. But that to me, it brought, it brought a layer of explanation to who Will was. And it invited him to be introspective in a way that we had not had an opportunity to see him be. Yeah. And that's why, and that's, that's yeah. I don't. I don't need introspection at a bad boys movie. I want to see Mike Lowry driving fast cars, shooting people, and presenting as the self-made 
man that he is. Like that's and you know, it's it's that's how movies are nowadays. It was like but oh, I'm just saying oh, for me, movies movies are more real and we don't want them to be real. Yes, I got you. Yes, I got you. I see now that that to me makes that makes more sense. That makes more sense. Like also in the third movie, if like I don't feel like they knocked it out the park. I like I feel like everybody was phoning it in. I think Will and Martin, based on them being so talented, they're able to get whatever they can out of any, you know, situation. But if you see how, like, if you look at the um, what, what was his name? The um, you know, you just said the uh, which character? The um, the, um, the captain. Yeah, um, Joe Pontoliano played Captain okay. Conrad Howard. Yes. So in, in in the first two movies, you see he was that character that you're talking about. He was great, right? But in the second one, he just took it up even a notch, right? Because like <laughs> the juxtaposition between him, because in the second movie, one of the trolls was a lot of people were doing therapy, you know, and, and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? And even, which is another thing, like you're showing Mike Lowry, who's supposed to be this dude. I don't even need therapy, yo. I'm Mike Lowry. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I'm good. Like that, that's part of his persona. Just like Superman can melt people with his eyes. That's, that's part of the character's persona. But the point I'm trying to make is, is it the second one where they, where they all started doing the um, Wu side, all of that? Seeing the captain flip out and then, you know, try to bring himself back with the, <laughs> with the you know, like that brought a whole another funny layer to the to the character. But he just didn't feel like he was going that hard in the third one. And and it was even worse for me when I saw him back to back because he was so good in the second one that when he came to the third one, it was like. He wasn't giving it everything, like in my opinion, like he did it in the, in the first two. So, I, so that was another thing. I felt like the the um all of the you know people in the movie didn't feel like they were giving it everything in that third one. You know, it's so funny. I for the for for me, I I in some ways I wish I. I, I, I wouldn't recommend this series for a binge watch. And I think part of it is for me, it, they all did feel exactly the same. I felt mm. like, um, like I, I didn't see a, a significant difference in the Conrad character, even for the third one. The thing that was a little different is that we got to get a bit of his backstory, which we had never had before. Um, so in the third one, we got a chance to get a peek into his family life and um, to see him not just in a work context. In one of the earlier movies, we had gone to his house, but we didn't see his family or anything. And this one, we got to see one of his family members and we got to hear him reflecting as a person does when they're coming to the end of their career. You know, you could tell he's nearing retirement and he's kind of in this mindset of let me pass along 
some of the things that are most valuable? What do I say to these people who have been not just my direct report, but my mentees? And so I thought we got to see him outside of his, the IAB is going to be on me if y'all don't stop blowing up the city. I thought we got a chance to see him have a little bit more depth. But even with that, again, I just felt all of these movies, and I'm not saying this is a bad thing, but I also not saying it's a good thing. I just feel like all of the movies were the same. And um, even in writing the recap, <laughs> I just, it was just how yeah, much we, the formula was yeah, so we, we exactly are. the same. <laughs> that I was trying to, you know, and then the, yeah. um, the other thing for me was like, there is sometimes in a franchise when the writers and directors change for the third movie, everything goes awry, right? Because the first two had Michael Bay as director. They couldn't afford him for the third one. Oh, he did a cameo though. Did y'all catch that? In the third movie, they couldn't afford for Michael Bay to, to actually direct it. He was out of their price range, but he played a wedding MC. He did a cameo. So he was still in it. Um, but the point is that, I so felt like that man was. I was like, this is so random. Who what is that? Is that? What yeah. But so that, but I, I thought, gosh, they did a bang up job of matching the energy of the first two. So for the, it just there wasn't enough variation for me I w- I wish, to binge you know, these movies. It just felt like, gosh, it's just we're doing the same thing again and again. You know what? And and I think that. The thing about it is, is that for certain movies, that's what I want. You know, for, for certain movies, like, that's why I got so infuriated by <clears throat> the Bourne trilogy, the first three, are like, um, I think action movie-wise, like in terms of a trilogy, it'd probably be hard to think of a, of a three-movie trilogy that hit it you know, back to back, like the Bourne movies did. You know what I'm saying? Like, they just had that formula. Every movie, Bourne is going to have an intense car chase. Every movie, he's going to have a fight with an agent that's equal or better to him in fighting. And I want to see that every time. And then when they came out with the next one, they didn't have those elements. And I'm like, what are you doing? It's just like if I if I'm watching the James Bond, right? I I know the formula. I know there's gonna be some situation that the villain puts them in. You're like, why you do this? This was stupid. But that's what they do. You almost yeah. look for that in in a, in a bond. And so what I'm saying is is that is what the bad boys movie does. They but do. If the- you are 50 years old, still doing the same bullshit. I, I would rather you die in Bad Boys too, because if you are just please die in one of the explosions, please die. Because it's just like if you don't know how to grow the fuck up at some point, I don't know what to do well, well, with you. I, I'm as not a, talking there, about there's still people, and so that's why I'm just like if y'all are still doing like, the same things over and over again, I think you need to help these characters actually grow up. Yeah, like that's why I'm to grow up. I'm like happy at we some did. Point. I'm happy we did the Lethal Weapon movies before this. I was just about to reference. 
we had a chance to see that, I think, to done a little better. Um, because while at their essence, those characters, those two main characters remain the same, they were who they were. For, such, a great, the it's such a great example, Janai. But they still did what Britney said. Like they still evolved as people over time. And I thought the movie, I thought the Bad Boys movies offered that to the Marcus character. I thought the Marcus character got a chance to evolve over the three movies. And I feel like the Mike Lowry character, he got to evolve in the last movie. He got to just, cause I don't, I, you know, I don't know if I would agree with your language sis of grow up, but I, I, I do think the sentiment of what you're saying, I do agree with, which is like, evolve change learn that, from your experiences like, i mean please. all new conclusion <laughs> i'm just do something do something and if you, you have know, a, yeah. a life-changing experience my hope is that you do look at you reflect a on that differently like i would hope that but i mean you know if we do want to continue to just have people stuck in loop de la land that's fine <laughs> i don't well, i don't well, mind i'm I saying watch I'm that saying, too I'm you saying know? in certain in certain movies because like the the thing about um like for example I I love that Janelle brought up this, Lethal Weapon this to me, like I just because, I am I because, am on the struggle bus right now because you talked about character arcs in Good Burger like I just don't I am so just like I, I it's literally throwing my brain off. Like I am like right now my brain is outside down the street somewhere. Like I just like, like I am like because like I'm completely like what <laughs> are you brain. saying right now? Like this this to me is so it's like confusing. Like these are people and they are still they're people in this universe, this movie setting of what is happening in this Miami. And, you know, why I thought the movie did a great job of even just acknowledging how you got these new kids coming in. They're just doing technology and rubber bullets and all this different stuff. So you yeah, have like these the guys movie. that are older who are used to doing all of these things, but certain things can't operate like that anymore in this new world that they're in because the movie has to move forward in some kind of way. Like, I don't, I don't understand that part, like, why that is such an issue um, with them having them to reflect or to acknowledge that there is newness. Now, I will say to one guy being disrespectful uh, to Mike Lowry, I didn't like that his character was doing that, but I also felt like it was something that is real you know who are you just, talking about sis um she's talking the about the, the guy in the, the did the what is it called the he the had drone. all the technology thank you with the drone and oh the, the young guy the young guy the young guy yeah he was, but, you know, but, but he was, was true he was there to mirror in my opinion he was there to mirror the bravado of mike lowry as a young guy that's why I thought that I thought that character was a chance for Will to kind of see him. Um, Will for Mike Lowry to see himself, what it looks like when there's someone who really believes they know it all and are not open 
to trying a different approach. I didn't think about it like that, but that is very, um, that's very, I, I can see that parallel mm-hmm. with, with that. Would y'all want a bad boys for? What are your feelings no. on whether we, like, there's, what are your thoughts on the, the, on the idea of a bad boys for? I mean, oh. I was um, excited about it because I would love to see um, this this new vein that, um, you know, just seeing Mike Lowry w- dating the new um, captain and, you know, him being in his his son's life now, you know, knowing about his son and, you know, just and possibly even starting his own family. Like I was looking forward to that part and just kind of seeing what their dynamic would look like now on the police force, but not actually being a part of it. Um, You know, I just was looking forward to kind of seeing that stuff, but you know, listen, after this conversation, child, even if it came out, I'm not, I probably won't go see it. So I'll tell you, (laughs) I, I, but so the, and, and this is okay. True story. Picture it. Yesterday, watching bad boys. (laughs) Yesterday, my 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 living room in the year of our Lord, 2022. I was watching the third bad boys movie and it was wrapping up. And they started the credits. And I turned to my boyfriend and I said, Well, they do not need a bad boys for. I feel complete with these storylines. We are now in closure. Two seconds into the credits. They then pop in this additional little nugget of Armando, this surprise son of Wills, somehow potentially working with the ammo group and working with Will and I mean with uh, Mike and Marcus. And all of a sudden, I was intrigued. And I swear to you, I then turned to my boyfriend and said, I take back what I said. I am now <laughs> intrigued about a bad boys four. Because I gotta tell y'all, I liked that Armando character. I like the concept of him. This person who um, he grew up in the legacy of a cartel family after the cartel had been disbanded. And so what is it like to be literally raised in the lore of the legacy of your family, but never getting to live in it? And now you're 25 years old or so, okay? Your mama done now broke out of prison. You find, she dead, okay? You find out that you've been trying to avenge the death of a man that wasn't your father. And now your real father has taken down not only your your family's legacy and cartel, (laughs) but now, you know, essentially directly and indirectly has wrecked the life that you thought was genuinely yours. And you come to find out that this man is now your father and you have an opportunity to somehow be in partnership with him. Y'all, that's an interesting premise. And um, and I did like the ammo guys. I liked this take on, we're getting the job done. We're doing real police work, but we're trying to do it with humane tactics. We're using rubber bullets when we can. You know, sometimes we're just going to do the surveillance instead of going in as plan A. Um, And so somehow that having a push and pull with Mike and Marcus and then this thought of this this son 
coming out from behind bars to help them in some way. That sounds very excited. So I did, I did, yeah, I did then become excited for for, for uh, Bad Boys Four. I mean, as as a '90s teenager, I'm legally obligated to to watch all Bad Boys movies. So whatever comes out, I will go see. It. <laughs> but um, after the third, and it's for several reasons, I would have been intrigued for all the same reasons that Janiyah listed. But they did not set up the story good for me because he killed the captain. And first of all, that Armando, for those who haven't seen it, Armando, again, avenging who he thought was his father's death and at the instruction of his mother, killed, killed the captain, killed Captain Conrad. And and I'm talking about like, that is the third leg of that stool. You understand? Like, like definitely, um, you know, Mike and Marcus are up front, but I'm just saying the captain was always there in that. And what I'm saying is, first of all, the way the movie set it up, I didn't even feel it. I didn't feel it. Like I was like, Oh, they, they killed the captain, but I didn't feel it. And like the oh, movie, I, 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 I wanted to feel he was it. at the park. But I, but, Oh. I know, but it was just, oh. it just, and what I'm saying is, is how he killed him. Like, maybe I would have preferred something like, maybe if he shot Mike and like the bullet went through and then killed the captain or something like that. But like the fact that he killed the captain and there, he, and Marcus like, ah, I'm your uncle Marcus. Like that didn't happen. Like, that's just, to me, like, that's so disrespectful from that moment. Like, there was different ways they could have made it make sense and still connected them. But just, they don't even bring it up. Well, see, this is, this is what I think gets would get to play out in that movie, in that fourth movie, because we only had a couple of minutes to deal with it. You know, it only gets revealed to Armando at the tail, tail, tail end of the movie. And so, and we get to see Armando react to the information um, in helping to save Marcus's life, okay? Mm-hmm. We also get to see him decide to, to live, whereas he we did, know that cartel did, mentality is generally to, to die and go down in the flames rather than go with the cops. So we got to see the beginning of them living in that complexity. Even the Mike Lowry character, he says to Armando, listen, with the things you've done, I don't know how it's going to go for you, but I do know I'll be there. That's all he was like, listen, you you, you going down, buddy, but I'll and watch. I thought it was him saying, hi, I'm your uncle Marcus. I thought that was in line with his character because they've said in the past movies that he always gets emotional after a gunfight. So mm-hmm. I was like, this is him being emotional. Yeah, and remember, remember he, was saying, and he was saying at the top, and he was saying at the top, y'all need to communicate. He was yelling that to, me, to, give, to the cartel give, wife. Give it to me. You're to the cartel wife, to, Malcolm, to Mike Lowry, and to Armando. He was saying, no, y'all, y'all, y'all need to communicate. There are secrets here that need to be brought forth. <laughs> no, you, well, y'all, y'all are giving me some good, y'all are giving me some good points. If you all had to put the movies in an order of like from from 
what you like the most to what you like the least. And this is not not your vote. But if you were just to rank them in order of appreciation, how would you rank them? Two, one, three. Same. Mm. Yours be two, one, three? Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, Bad Boys 2 just, it was just perfect. You know? It was just perfect. They just, oh. all the action. And it was crazy because it's such a long movie. And I didn't even, like, I didn't even feel it, even though I didn't. Yeah, it was long. That's so I hard, y'all, it. because I I think I might go two, three, one. Hmm. I agree that two was of the three. To me, it felt the most complete. And which, let's be clear, is very rare that the second installation of a trilogy is better. It's than very that. rare. Yeah, it's I agree very rare. It's very rare. It rarely happens. Just like, you know, Terminator 2, we talk about that. But it's very rare is the second one. Yeah, and even, such a good even, point. Everything, they really hit that stride. The comedy scene where he was on the ecstasy and he was in the captain's Listen. house. Well, y'all. <laughs> I was still laughing out loud. I was still laughing out loud. When he grabbed it, he pulled his nipple out. <laughs> and, and Mike was like, mm, 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 mm. <laughs> "Do y'all want some horrible news? I, I have horrible news. Since we're since we're on an upbeat note, I have some horrible news." <laughs> right, go ahead, bring us down. Bring us down. Sounds like kid. everybody's bring in a good mood. Let me take care of that. Listen, I could not help myself but to look up. And I only looked it up for one movie. I looked it up for Bad Boys for Life, just the last movie, because I wanted to see what Will Smith got paid versus Martin Lawrence. And y'all, I knew there would be a differential. I didn't, I just didn't think it could be as much as it was. Considering how much they both were critical in this movie. There was no, I, I think it would be hard to say that one was a second. They were truly all. buddy. Yeah. Okay. Martin Lawrence made six million, and Will Smith made seventeen million. I mean, it makes sense. Uh, yeah, it makes sense. You to know, me. I would, I would have, I would have th- thought, I would have thought it would have been twenty and five, actually. Okay. Just based yeah, on that's their the career, part I hate of business world. That's like, the thing. That it's now, like, but it's. But because it it's just, it's just, it's not about the contribution of in that project. And that's what's so unfortunate. Because if it was about the contribution in that project, they should have been paid the same. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know? that, but that's but not what it's about. Though. It's not. It's like it's who about, are people coming to see? They're coming to see Will Smith. It's who's going to get the butts in the seats, and who will give us that international reach? That's right. That's right. Wow. And we could do a whole. Maybe we should do a Martin Lawrence kind of deep dive because that man is a true comedian and actor and I would say he is both you know and I just I want I wish that I could will him into the kind of celebrity that to me his talent deserves and there was well, there a point was a, in time there was where a he was on that, that right there was a point in time where he was yeah. on that trajectory you know and then, there was a lot more that went into that you know so you know it was he had a lot of Things, a lot yeah. of challenges. Yes. 
I'm on the way. And I just, and I, I know we got to wrap y'all. I wanted to share just a couple of interesting little factoids before we All wrap. Right. The movie was originally, it would have been very different if it had been filmed in its original shape because it was originally intended for Dana Carvey and John Lovitz. Can you imagine like SNL kind of humor? And that would be so sad. Wouldn't that have been, we we wouldn't have talked. I mean, it would, it was going to be. We wouldn't be talking about it. We would, we would have been talking about it right now. It it would have been called Bulletproof Hearts and blah, blah, blah. But it just, it didn't, it didn't pan out. Um, And they made a decision and the movie changed hands over time. It was like Disney. And then it was, it just, it changed hands. And then they made a decision um, once it made its way into the hands of Columbia Pictures, where they were going to push for black actors to be in the lead roles. And here is what you're not ready for. Arsenio Hall turned down the role of Mike Lowry. (laughs) Pause for effect. Pause for reaction. (laughs) I wonder wonder if he could have did it. It would have been very different. It would have been very different, but I, I... I think Arsenio is underrated. I think he might have been able to do it. I don't know. I think he could have. Yeah, I think he could have did it. I, I think, I it think just would have been different. It would have been different, but like Martin, Arsenio, I can see it. Why did he I can turn see it. it down? He, uh, you know, what I did read was that he has since said it wasn't a great decision. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say. I mean, same, same he, reason why he literally same reason why Will same reason why Will turned down the Matrix. Like sometimes yeah. you just don't know. Yeah. You don't know. You just don't know. You don't know. <laughs> and you then know, you just did a theater um, like that. I should have turned out with that. <laughs> and one more little nugget, and I have so many nuggets I did find. Uh, but one more nugget I have to share, or my brain will explode, is that Will Smith. <laughs> Will Smith originally did not want to do, Michael Bay wanted him to do a shirtless scene, completely shirtless. And Will Smith did not want to do it. He rejected it. And their compromise was the shirt open. But early in career, Will Smith was opposed to that part of being a sex symbol. He didn't want that. And you we know, see and now I, how and things I have think, evolved. He got over that. Think, he robot. did. He got, he got over it real good. Yeah, that was all his well, body. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> He got over that. I think, <laughs> but I think that's I so honestly, interesting. I think, I, I think the shirt open was a better decision because it, it made more sense. It was like, you know, yeah. they're getting dressed. And so it made sense. Yes. It was like, that's what I'm saying. I love, that's what I love about the first two movies that they had so much ridiculous stuff happen, but it all made sense in the context yes. of the movie. Yeah. You know? So Bro, but like, I feel like you're I feel like you're heading you're, you're you can vote. I feel like you're segueing into, okay. into a wrap it up. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean I um this franchise can't be a classic for me. It just can't. Like I the um as much as I love the first two, I just dislike the third one so much that it just and I, other than when we had that little conversation that gave me a little things I could, you know. Y'all gave me a couple things I could grab onto. Y'all gave me a couple of things I could grab onto. But other than that, it's just, 
seeing the movies back to back made it worse because I'm going to just let you know when I'm coming off the high of those two, those first two, and I'm talking about from beginning to end. I love both. Like at the end, when he, when he shoots, dude, when Marcus jumps up, I mean, when he leans up and shoots, dude, at the end, bow, right in the middle of the forehead. And, and, uh, and Mike was like, now that's how you shoot. That's how you shoot, you know? And it was a callback to the first movie, but he did it just as good. Like it was just a perfect, and the first one, it was that's how you drive. From now that's on, how you, you drive. drive yeah, that's like how that. you're supposed to drive. That's how you supposed that whole scene. Yeah. When he was I mean, like, even even the parts that were corny in the first one were getting behind, where he was, you had to write the main silent. You, everything you see. He was like, what you doing? I'm getting it out the way. <laughs> when he was yeah. like all that. So just to come from that level of Man, I love these movies. It took me like four hours to watch three. I, I could only watch it like 30 minutes at a time. Like it was just, you know, so I, I it can't be a, a classic for so me. It's for me, for me, I do not recommend these three movies as a binge watch. I don't recommend that at all. I don't think, I think there's just not enough differentiation in them to to keep you on the ride for the number of hours that that requires. And I wonder if that has contributed, you know, in some ways to like the, you know, the experience of that third movie in our rewatch, you know, right now. But um, I'll tell you this, for me, it does get the classic, the franchise, and it gets it because of all the things we've talked about in terms of the pros, but also I, am excited for a movie that um, can show us uh, diversity of Black people. And I just think that that is so important, you know, that we were able to kind of just see different kinds of Black experiences in this movie. I also really liked that we have this treasure we can hold in our hearts about Martin Lawrence. In some ways, it's bittersweet because it's like you get to see how great uh, an actor and comedian this guy is. And you get, and again, my heart is like so broken that he's not at the level where in my opinion, he should be in terms of his career. But we, it's like, it's like, but we always have breakfast at Tiffany's. Well, we will always have Martin Lawrence and bad boys and him. He is so masterful in these movies that they it makes the movies a classic for me. I also I could not believe that the movies that that third movie got me interested enough in the new characters that they added that I would actually kind of be looking forward to a bad boys Four. you know, generally it is the core characters that would keep you interested in the thing moving forward. But. I was interested in, and I am interested in seeing the core characters, um, the uh, Marcus and Mike, interact with the new ammo people, interact with, you know, uh, Mike's ex as the captain, interact with the son, you know, Armando. Um, So that to me is like, what? 
I'm looking forward to the fourth to see what happens with those new characters that we just met. What is happening? So for those reasons, I do give this franchise uh, my bulletproof vest. <laughs> I forgot that was the thing. Yeah. Um, I will tell you one thing is that I will never live in Miami because I would be dead. Um, <laughs> Based on this research, explosions, yep. outside, oh, okay. shootouts, too much stuff going on. Yeah, everyone is dead. We're the helicopters dead. just falling yes. from the sky. It's boats on the highway like it is people stealing trucks and throwing cars yeah everyone said there's a population of three in Miami and so <laughs> that's clear I don't want to make it four um but yeah I would just say it gets my bulletproof vest just because it's something that I think um the first two bad boys will always be something that I enjoy if I see it on tv I'm going to watch it. Um, you know, I have it in my head. I have them memorized um, in my head. I didn't necessarily hate Bad Boys 3. I did enjoy it still. Um, but it, it definitely wasn't as good as the other two. Um, I was looking forward to a four um, just because I just wanted to see what would happen. But honestly, after our conversation, I'm not. Uh, and so... Yeah, but it would still get my bulletproof vest just because they are pieces of American culture. And, so and it's Will just, Smith. They just are. And and it's Will Smith. And, and it's so, Will Smith. So, <laughs> so, it, so it per, is, the, per the Will Smith rule. Per the Will Smith, it's going to have to be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just because of that. So, yeah, it gets me. Well. There you have it. That means that the that the Bad Boys franchise has only received two of three possible bulletproof vests, which means it is not a classic from the right perspective. That's it. Thank you for joining us, everybody. Thanks, bro. Thanks, sis. Love you. Love See y'all next time. Bye. 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 See you next time. Bye.